Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. You're listening to a teaching message by Vintage Church in Harker Heights, Texas. Whenever and wherever you are listening to this, our hope is that you are encouraged and challenged by this message and that you are inspired to take your next step with Jesus. For more information, please visit us at vintage.church or follow us on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to week two of a brand new series we started last week. And although this is week two, this is the first Sunday, the first week of a new year. How many of y'all so glad we're in a new year? Come on, whether you're watching this online at home or whether you're in the room, how many of you are excited that 2020 is in the rearview mirror? Come on, anybody? I know I am. I'm going to tell you, 2020 was a rough Year And we kicked off this series really just turning our hearts towards God, towards this new year, what we can do to really prepare for an even better year. I do know this about God. God never takes us through difficult situations without moving us into better ones where we can see that we had a lot uh, that we gained in hindsight. And so what we've done every, uh, ser- every week of this series, we're committed right, uh, to, to carrying some, something forward that, that got better in 2020. For me personally, it was our meme game. How many of y'all love memes? Yeah, yeah, man. If you missed last week, you got to go back. I'm telling you, we kicked it off with some memes. I'm going to do the same thing today. I believe there's some memes. They were so good, so rich in 2020 that we need to take them with us into 2021. One of my favorites is this. Look at this. Expectation and reality. Look close at that picture. Isn't that funny? That's dishes. That's funny. How many of y'all, man, you washed a lot of dishes last year. How about this one? If 2020 was a plate of nachos, <laughs> look at that. Saltine crackers and craft cheese. That's, that's the kind of nachos it would be. What about this? If 2020 was a drink, what would it be? I love this colonoscopy prep. Come on, those nasty things you drink before a colonoscopy. Maybe you're in here and you've had a, a child and maybe you uh, had one of the glucose tests in pregnancy. Imagine one of those, right? And my, my, probably my favorite one, this was my 2020 plan for fitness, but this was how it actually turned out in real life. Look at that. Aquaman. And now it's just we're like raking leaves and maybe even gained a few extra pounds in quarantine. You know, it's funny. We talk about memes. I believe laughter is good for the soul. Okay. If you don't like to laugh, you need to take yourself less seriously. Okay. I might, my challenge to you is to jump over the stumbling block of yourself and have a little bit of fun. You know, as we move into this year, I believe it can be better. We kicked off this series talking about how it's better. It's better when we pay attention to our heart. We pay attention to our heart. Everything comes from our heart. Remember Jeremiah 29, 13, God says to the prophet Jeremiah, you will seek me and find me. Look at this. When, you could say only when, you search for me, I love this, with all of your heart. We kicked off last week and we made this uh, observation scripturally about how everything comes from your heart. We learned the big idea for the series is the condition of our heart dictates the direction of our lives. And so if our hearts are important, right, we're going to learn really four essentials in this series called honor to, honor, uh, uh, Honest to God. We're going to learn four essentials of personal devotions, really essentials that help us guard our hearts. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, the, the proverb says here, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of 
your life. Last week we talked about what I believe is really the foundational essential. We talked about worship, how worship isn't just a bunch of songs or religious activities that we do, but it really is all about the heart. It's about an attitude. It's a posture. It's a focus on God's will, his ways, and his purposes in the world. We learned that worship is about making sure we want God over the things he gives us. Today, we're going to build on this idea of worship with the second essential, which is really the, 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 it's really where the power comes, our ability to move right into a better life all comes down to our ability to know God, our capacity to change our heart, but also to move towards God. Today, we're going to talk about the essential of Bible study, the essential of Bible study. This is why the condition of our heart matters. This is probably uh, why God said through the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? This is the power of getting our mind and our heart in sync with God because he alone can understand the things that hold us back. Have you ever had a moment where you doubted your own intentions? Like, you know, a moment where you just, you kind of pause and you're kind of doubted your motives for doing something. If you've never had one of those moments, you might actually be a narcissist, right? We can get you some help for that. But I know for me personally, there've been times where, where I thought that was the right thing to do, but I kind of wondered like if I was really doing that for myself, my own comfort, or if I really had pure motives. You know, even after we give our life to Christ, you and I struggle with that. I, I, one of my pastor friends says it this way, sin right? We still struggle with sin. Sin helps us see the best in ourselves and the worst in everyone else. Another way to say that is sin helps us. Uh, we judge ourselves by our intentions and everyone else by their actions. This is why we need the Bible. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 says there is a path before each person that seems right. It's not right, but it seems right. It looks good on the outside. We learned about that last week. Okay. But it's, but look at this. It ends in death. Meaning, did you know that without God's word, without knowing his mind, how he thinks, right, what he's called you to do this new year, you can get started thinking you're doing all the right things only to end 2021 worse than 2020. We can get confused and off track, but not God. God never gets confused and he's never off track. Look what he says in Isaiah 55 verses 8 through 9. He says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. So how do we know God's will? How do we learn God's ways? It's with the essential of Bible study. Look what Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says about the power of scripture, the power of the Bible. It says, the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. Look at this, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Remember the question I asked, have you ever thought you were doing something with pure intentions only to read or to find out later you, you didn't have the best intentions? You know, the Bible itself is more than just words on a page. Scripture is alive and powerful. I love this passage in Hebrews 4. It talks about a cutting between soul and spirit. Think about that for a moment. Your spirit's born again, right? If you've, if you've surrendered your life to Christ, if you haven't, your spirit's dead. You need to do that. We're going to have an opportunity for you to do that after service. But as Christians, our spirit's been born again. The Holy Spirit comes to reside in us, right? He was with us, but now he works in us and through us as believers, 
right? But then we still have to contend with our soul. And it's in our soul is, is how we think. It's our thinker, our feeler, and our chooser, right? How we think results in how we feel, and how we feel results in what we choose. And so I love how it says it, it separates that. It separates this is good in God from the Holy Spirit, and this is your old way of stinking thinking. That's what it's saying here. The Bible, if you don't know God's word, listen to me. If you don't know the truth, you'll fall for anything. You've got to know the word of God. Look at this. We read the Bible with our mind, okay, but it changes our heart. Let me say it again. We read the Bible with our mind, but the Bible changes our heart. And remember, last week, the condition of our heart is what dictates the direction of our lives. And so if we want to get closer to God, here's what we've got to do. We've got to read the Bible, Look what Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How does he do that? By changing the way you think. Then, and only then, you will know God's perfect will for you. It's good, pleasing, and perfect. If you want this year to be better than last year, if you want your relationship with God to grow, you have to expose your heart and allow God to change it, right? To reshape it by his word through the reading of scripture. Jesus, when praying for his disciples, says this in John 17, 17 through 19. He prays over them. He says, make them holy by your truth. Look at this. Teach them your word, which is truth. Some of you guys, you're wondering what truth is. Well, I'll tell you, Jesus says it right there. Another passage, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Here he's saying your word is truth. John says earlier that Jesus is the word made flesh. Jesus goes on to pray, just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them. Why? So that they can be made holy by your truth. This is important. Many of you, you'll say, man, I'm saved. I'm following Jesus. I I believe in his death on the cross and I've given my life to him. and, And I believe in the power of his resurrection. But then you never open the Bible. What Jesus is praying here is he's saying, hey, the whole reason I went to the cross for you, the whole reason I resurrected to give you resurrection power by the person of the Holy Spirit, it's so that you could know God through his word, so that that word could change your lives. You see, to know Jesus is to know God's word as well. He opened up the opportunity for us to know God through his Word, so important. The truth of God's word is what changes us. It's what makes us more set apart in this world. You know, as we continue to move, I want to ask this question. Have you ever done anything that you regretted? Like, be honest. I, I'll be honest. Like, listen, if you're older in here, you're, you're immediately, your hand's going to shoot up. Maybe you're a little younger and you're kind of like, yeah, little stuff, you know. But as you go through life, like, you do some boneheaded things. Some of you guys have ever done something crazy that you thought was cool or fun in the moment, only to look in hindsight and see it more clearly than when you saw it when you were in it. How many of you guys, they say that hindsight, okay, is 2020, like 2020 vision. That that when you get a little distance from an action or from something that you did, you you get a little distant from the emotion, from the feelings, from, from, and you can look back on it. By the way, that's uniquely human. God gave only human beings the ability to do that. That's how we're made in his image. We have the ability to think about what we're thinking about and to change it right? Okay, that's uniquely human. How many of you, though, you've looked back, and in hindsight, all of a sudden, you saw clearly how dumb that was? Any parent in here? You're like, man, I don't ever want my kids to do that. Can I just tell you, listen, this is so important. That's the power of hindsight. When you look back, you now have 20-20 perfect vision. You see what was really going on. Now, listen to this next part. It's going to be, listen, it's in your notes. It's going to be on the screen. Very important. 
Okay, hindsight is 2020, but so is God's word. This is the power of the Bible. Hindsight is 2020, but so is scripture. And the Bible doesn't make you wait until after you've made the mistake to learn the lessons that caused the mistake. That's what life does. God gives us his word so that we can learn from the experience of others. I had somebody tell me this. The best experience is not your own especially if it's painful, right? The best experience is what you learn from someone else. Remember, our hearts are deceitful. The best experience is someone else's, even though we may not, what we feel may not be real. Did you know your Bible is like a compass for you to make wise decisions, to avoid future mistakes, and to grow closer to God this year than ever before? I'm just gonna tell you, it is the number one, numero uno, number one, number one thing you can do to change every other thing in your life. The problem then for many of us is that even though we know the Bible's true, even though that we know it brings us closer to God, for some reason we still find it hard to believe. I'm not, not hard to believe, but hard to read. Sometimes we find it hard to read, right? We don't understand it, okay? So then how do we study the Bible? First, I wanna dispel a couple myths that we believe as believers about how to study the Bible. The Bible is actually not a book. It's really important. It looks like a book, but the Bible's actually a library. It's a collection of 66 different literary works by at least 40 different authors over the span of about 1,500 years. Now, I'll tell you this. This doesn't make the Bible any less impressive or any less God's word. It actually makes it more impressive because only God, I wouldn't say only God, only God could have kept the message perfectly tied together over that much time. And by the way, I'm a history major. The Bible is an incredibly a historical book that doesn't contradict itself in any way. It does, however, affect how we read it. You've got to read it differently. Why? Because it was written by real people living in real cultures across various times and locations. We have to think about what the author intended the meaning was as we read. Some parts of the Bible, for example, are poetry. Others are historical books. Others are parables. To read them as something other than what they were intended to be will confuse you and you won't really understand. Here are a few rules and I want to give you some real practical things. We're going to have all kinds of tools kind of start to release that are really going to, going to capture the power of these four essentials of devotion in our Honest to God series. But I want to talk about Bible study. I'm going to give you a few basics of Bible study. This will really help you. Matter of fact, these removed massive stumbling blocks as I began to interact with God's word and to read it uh, systematically in my life, regularly in my life. The first is this. This is a rule, some basic rules of Bible study. This study is called the interpretation of scripture, which is actually the word hermeneutics theologically. We're just going to say basics of Bible study. The first is, the first basic is interpret scripture with scripture. That's very important. Interpret scripture with scripture because the Bible is a collection of divinely inspired writings written by a number of authors living in different geographical areas in some cases and written over a long span of history because all of the different voices of scripture make up God's unified picture. We want to let scripture always interpret scripture. Okay, it's very important. This means looking at what the Bible has to say on the topic as a whole rather than just cherry picking verses here and there and then coming to the conclusion we want. That's important. Okay, because many of us, we live on these devotions, right, that give us kind of like one scripture and we say that well, that's our Bible reading. Which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with devotions. We have a lot of devotions. We lead you into that regularly throughout the year. But it's important that you read all of it. Scripture option often interprets itself if you'll just keep reading. 
the New Living Translation, my favorite translation actually, gives a great example of this. For example, Luke 14, verse 26 says, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father and mother, your wife, your child, your brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life, otherwise you cannot be my disciple. Now think about this for just a moment. You read other translations, and it doesn't even use the word comparison. Now, now, as you start looking at the whole of Scripture, the whole of Scripture doesn't tell you that you're to hate everyone in your life, okay? There's hyperbole being used there to emphasize that you're a Christian above every other identity you have. So as you're reading Scripture, you might go, well, she just told me to hate my brother and my mother. That, that must not be right. That doesn't make... But when you step out and you look at the whole of Scripture, one of the Ten Commandments is love your, obey your father and mother in the Lord for this is right. Another place, Jesus says it's the first command with a promise, Right, So it's not contradicting, there's an emphasis here. That's a great example of you allowing Scripture to interpret the Scripture itself. Step back and look at what the whole of Scripture says. Even when Scripture seems to contradict itself, it doesn't. By the way, a study Bible, which you can get in almost any translation, is a great tool in helping us understand those nuances. The next thing that you want to do is you want to interpret unclear passages with clear passages. Another way to say this is, you, you don't want to scream where Scripture whispers, and you don't want to whisper where Scripture screams. When your Bible says that something that you don't quite understand, it often explains itself if you still have an attitude of seeking to understand. In John 1.1, 1, 1, we read that in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. And while in the moment, in John, that sounds a bit confusing, just a few verses later in John 1.14, we read that the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of glory and unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, look at this, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So here, it's connecting the word that he was talking about at the beginning to being Jesus in a later verse. And so we've got to make sure that we're taking a look through the big themes. The next we've got to do is we've got to ask if the passage we're reading is descriptive or prescriptive. By the way, this was probably one of the greatest uh, obstacles that when I understood this, this was one of my greatest obstacles. I, when I opened the Bible as, a, as an early believer, as a young Christian, I thought that everything I read was God telling me to do something. When in reality, it's really not. There are some things in the Bible that just simply describe what happened. God didn't tell them to do that. Matter of fact, doing that was sinful, but they didn't listen to God and we get to see their entire unedited story. Whereas there are times in the Bible where God says, no, 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 I'm being prescriptive here. You need to do that. For example, we know that uh, when in 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 through 11, it says this. It says, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. He married women from Moab, Ammon, Eden, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. This wasn't something God wanted him to do. It wasn't prescriptive for our lives because in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 17, it says here, The king must not take many wives for himself because they will turn his heart away from the God. Which, by the way, is exactly what happened in Solomon's story. In the same way, though, Jesus would at times give us prescriptions and commandments. For example, in Mark chapter 12, verse 29 through 31, it says, he says, the most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord your God is the one and only Lord. You must love, you must, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. This is obviously not describing, this is prescribing for us how we should live. And, and here's what's important. Whatever you do when you're reading scripture, don't get overwhelmed. The important thing 
is that you decide to start reading scripture, to start studying your Bible. And even though you won't be perfect at it or get everything right, even though you may not understand all of it, it is alive and powerful. It's really important. Finally, as we close, remember we're talking about basics of Bible study. As we close, it's important that you read the whole Bible. You've got to read the whole thing. Devotions are great. We all have scriptures at times that speak to us in our life, but we've got to get the whole picture by reading the whole thing. Look what the Apostle Paul writes to the pastor, Timothy, pastoring the church at Ephesus in 2 Timothy 3.16. He says all, everyone say all, all scripture, all of it, even the genealogies, <laughs> even like the, the, the recounts, even the rehashes, right? All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. How many of y'all need something like that? You never have to wonder about another decision. How does it do that? It corrects us when we are wrong and then it replaces the wrong and teaches us what is right. The Bible is an incredible tool. As we talk about being honest to God, as we've talked about an attitude, a posture of worship, the essential of worship, as we've talked about this essential of Bible study, Listen, we've got to learn to think like God. As a matter of fact, I want to give you some really, really practical tools and resources that have helped me. As a matter of fact, we're going to have a slide up, and it's, it's, I want you to go here sometime this week. We'll have a link up in the app as well. It's vintage.church forward slash Bible. Okay, I have put in there several resources that have massively helped me. Okay, there's all different, the Bible projects in there, you know, the Bible recap is in there. There've been some great tools that have really helped me. I wanna encourage you, listen, this is so important. It's so important that you learn God through his word. This is so important, why? Because the condition of our heart dictates the direction of our life. We wanna change our heart. We have to turn it towards God and live according to his ways. We know his will and his ways through scripture. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much, Lord, for the power of your word. I thank you right now, God, for just a renewed, a renewed desire for every Christian in here to know you through your word. Father, we don't know you simply by go, taking one trip through the word. We know you, Father, by meditating on the word by storing it away in our heart so that at just the right time, your Holy Spirit will help us apply it to our life. I pray, God, that there would just be a renewed fervor and love for your word among your people this year. That, God, we wouldn't be deceived or be pulled left and right off of our purpose because we know what our purpose is. That, Father, we would be resolute, we would be strong, and we would be able to stand against whatever comes at us this year because we're standing on the solid rock, the foundation of the Christian life, the word and the ways of God as we see in scripture. May everything we do this week bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. You can stay connected with us at vintage.church or on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. Here at Vintage, we believe that church is more than a place or a weekend activity. It's a spiritual family where Jesus is the center of our lives personally and our relationships collectively. If you're in the Harker Heights, Fort Hood area, we would love to have you join us this week. You can learn more about us, our service times, and plan your visit by checking out our website at vintage.church. We hope to see you soon.